Okay, hello everybody. Hi. Welcome to the Macaw Podcast Universe. I'm Jordan Macaw. I'm Micah Macaw. This is the podcast that exists to prove people wrong when they say sequels are... Sequels are never better than the original. We've been doing this for a long time. I never get to say that. Oh, okay. All right. So, um, I we are now presenting what was voted upon by you, as as Bane would say uh, on that field and uh, on the football field as he's uh, about to kill the nuclear physicist. He would say, "Given to you, the people." So you, the people, chose this. So this last year, people chose Fast and Furious, right? No, we we chose it because people requested it so much. Yeah, I believe Star Wars was the right. chosen series. Right. Uh, but this year it is X-Men. And if you're going like, wait a second, but there's X-Men and then there's new X-Men and then there's new mutants and here's the deal. Do we have to watch that movie? Here's the deal. It is 13 movies. We got X-Men, X2, X-Men United, X-Men, The Last Stand, X-Men Wolverines, uh, Wolverine. We have... The Wolverine. We got Deadpool. We got uh, uh, X Men First Class. X Men Days of Future Past. We got X Men Apocalypse. We got X Men Dark Phoenix. We got, I think I already said The Wolverine. Uh, we got Logan. We got Deadpool 2. And we got The New Mutants. Did you say that in order? No, I messed up in the middle because I kind of forgot the order. How do you feel knowing all of the titles? I feel like I am, like, I guess. Maybe I'm better than most people. Oh, yeah. That's one way you can look <laughs> at it, I guess. <laughs> no, um, we're going to be diving in uh, pretty thoroughly. Um, so the X-Men are very cool characters. I like X-Men comics. I've read quite a bit of them. I do sort of know what I'm talking about. I'm not crazy about X-Men comics, but... Um, what don't they do for you that Spider-Man does? Well, Spider-Man is is everyone, you know. Mm -hmm. So uh, everyone l relates to him, and I relate to that. <laughs> so you don't relate to X-Men in that way, I, in the I, same way. I do, but, you know, X-Men are classically, like, usually an allegory for, uh, like, groups of people that yeah. have been um, segregated or marginalized. So, like, throughout time, a lot of times people would... would uh, assign them to like kind of an allegory for like maybe the black experience or any sort of like non-white experience yeah um and then i think now there's a lot of like sexual orientation kind of stuff is what a lot of the c comics yeah. now are kind of about like like, like they're still superhero comics of but course. that's like the no, allegory yeah um it's pretty it's it's hard not to think of those kinds of themes yeah especially with this series yeah, so, um, and, and I... Mean, I the, especially with the opening scene of this movie. Exactly, yeah. And and while I I think those themes are, like, incredibly powerful, and um, I think that's why the X-Men are awesome, I, I, I don't actually... I, I, I don't experience those... That yeah, kind yeah. of... Ex I don't have that experience of yeah. being, like, not the, the most privileged, I guess. Yeah. Um, so I, it, I guess on a relational level, that's why I relate to Spider-Man more. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you don't have to relate to something to enjoy it. No, I, yeah, I know. But, but to answer your question, I think yeah. that's why. But, but the, the big thing was there is Chris Claremont is one of the pillars of comic writing 
and he wrote the definitive X-Men saga. And what years are we talking about? We're talking about, I believe, the late 70s and, like, most of the 80s. Okay. And the guy wrote, he still writes X-Men sometimes. The guy is a nut in a good way. I read, I I would guess maybe, like, anywhere from 60 to 100 of his issues. And I, even though it's, like, the X-Men run, I wasn't crazy about it. Oh. Um... I'm not, I think I don't really love his writing style. Okay. Um, Because there's a lot of, there's just a lot of just kind of random stuff that happens and isn't really explained. It's almost like like, side stuff. No, to me, it's more like, it's more like, you know, superhero shows up and they do something that was impossible. And then we're like, oh, yeah, that's because they have this new power or something. And it's like, huh? You didn't, like, oh, set that up to Or me. they didn't earn it or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I realize that that's, like, it, what I'm saying is, like, sacrilegious <laughs> oh. uh, to, to not like Chris Claremont X-Men. But I, I wouldn't go as far as to say I don't like it. Just not your favorite. Yeah. But there's definitely, like, for example, the X-Men Days of Future class. There's, like, or Days of Future Past, those first, I believe it's just two issues incredible hmm. incredible i think the the other really famous run is the as the dark phoenix run right that apparently they botched yeah they, the they adapt it twice in this series yeah. and um i actually didn't find it all that good i i thought it was not that good oh the run yeah hmm. I, it was it was not that exciting to me is the storyline um she's like the most powerful x-men x-man and then like Basically, both sides are trying to, I'm assuming, you know, the good guys are trying to protect her. The bad guys are trying to use her. And she gets pulled in all these different directions and is like, stop trying to get me to bend to your wills. I'm Dark Phoenix. And then she, like, destroys the world. Yeah, I mean, basically. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, it's been probably over a year since I read it. And, yeah. and it is much different than the movies. Oh, okay. Um, well, actually, I haven't seen the recent adaption. That they did because I, yeah, we'll get into the history of our experience with these movies. But, yeah, yeah, I just don't think it's, I don't find it to be the most exciting comic run I've ever read. Um, But I think most people would put it in a top, at least for Marvel, if you're just doing Marvel stuff. But, um, yeah, I I think there's just something about it that just doesn't, doesn't totally work for me in those classic runs. But there is a Grant... Morrison run, I believe, and I think it's in the early 2000s, and it's like 100 issues, and that is amazing, yeah. and I I love that. I plowed through. How many are there? I think there's 100, okay. and I read that in like a month. Like, I was just reading wow. that like crazy. Maybe, maybe more than a month, but um, that one was really crazy. It was a little bit more mature, but not in a... Not, not in a Deadpool way or a Joker way. Not in a Joker movie way. Yeah. It was more like, okay, this is just like... You know, a little more graphic. This is PG thirteen. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, but I definitely like X Men. And if someone's like, "Oh, there's this new run, and it's so good," I'm, I'm not gonna not want to watch it. Do you want to know my experience with X Men comics? Uh huh. None. <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah, you might actually like it better than me, though. The the like the comics. Yeah. Okay. You just might because I, I think. But I I think some of the characters are just awesome. Yeah. 
I mean, I think Nightcrawler freaking rules. Who doesn't love Wolverine? Yeah. I do think Gene Summers is awesome. I like Scott Summers. Or Gene Gray, I mean. Um, you know, but w- one thing I found interesting is, because I, I read the comics after I had seen a, a lot of these movies, and Xavier is just written a lot different. And I like... Is that the Evan Peters character? No, that is Charles Xavier. Oh, whoops. I should yeah. have known I, that. Well, I didn't pronounce it right. Xavier. Yeah. Um, He is... I like him much better in the movies because he's really? kind of a jerk, at least in the Claremont run. Wait, sorry, sorry, sorry. That's that's the Sir Patrick Stewart character? Yeah. Okay. And I like... The, what's what's interesting about this ser- series is, like, I think, I think Patrick Stewart brought his own thing. He's a jerk in the comics? He's kind of a jerk. Like really? he, does he like belittle the like because you know he runs the school and stuff. Does he like belittle people? Well, I I, I don't know how much of it is just reading something from the eighties uh-huh. and the and the seventies. He's an authority figure. Yeah, where it is just kind of like he's just like bossing people around around in a way that's like like if you read the early if you read the early Fantastic Four, Mister Fantastic is also just like a total jerk because he's just like I know everything. Do this. Oh, do that. Okay. Do this. Do that. And Xavier is kind of written that way as well. Hmm. Um, Sounds like a fun time. Yeah. But I, I think what's interesting, too, is Mr. Fantastic, he's grown a lot, but he still has that. But now it's more intentional, I think, rather than like, this is just how we write male characters that are smart. Uh-huh. Now it's like, no, he's still like a bossy pants, but there's more depth to it than that. Bossy pants. Bossy Hashtag pants. Hashtag bossy pants. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so how many movies have you seen? I have seen... I stopped watching them after First Class. Which is the James McAvoy, Michael Fassbender one. Uh-huh. Okay. But I have, but after First Class, I have seen both Deadpools and I've seen Logan. But that is it. Yeah. I have not seen any others. I, okay, this might surprise some people. I have seen every single movie and this is my favorite franchise of all time. <laughs> Psych! <laughs> I have seen... Three movies. No, no, no. I've seen, I think I've seen the first three. When I was in college, uh, my friend Hannah loves X-Men, loves Hugh Jackman. I mean. Yeah. Who doesn't? We love Hugh Jackman. What person doesn't? Especially a female. Um, And so she (laughs) found out that I hadn't seen any of them and was like, well, we're watching all of them now. And we would, so we were going to watch them all on her laptop. (laughs) So I've seen the first three on a laptop as primetime college town, baby. Mm -hmm. Um, And... I don't know why we fell off. Maybe because I wasn't enjoying it. Yeah. But um, have you seen X Men Origins? Wolverine? What's that one? That's the one where Wolverine becomes Wolverine. No, I've seen. Oh man, I'm pretty sure I've only seen the first three. Hey, but you've and seen I've Deadpool. I've Logan. seen both Deadpool's and I've seen Logan, and yeah, not looking forward to rewatching Deadpool one and two because I just feel like that's so dated. But we'll get into it. Yeah. But I do love Logan, and I am looking forward to watching that again because I think I've only seen it the one time. I've only seen it once. And I really liked it. It, it was like, and I, I hope I feel the same way watching it again, that it, it's a type of like seriousness and grittiness of a superhero movie that like no one can figure out how to do besides James Mangold that one time he did it. Is it yeah. James? <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, th- if, that, if that makes sense. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think that that movie like works in that it's you know it it goes rated R and stuff, but it felt fine. It, like it di- it didn't feel. 
I, I hate to just keep bringing up Joker all the time because I don't like talking about it, but it didn't feel like that where it's just like such a, like we have to do this rated R like yeah. macho thing because it's, this is cool. Yeah. It, it did feel like that was more like, this is what the story is demanding mm-hmm. of this character and he's old and he's rigid and like Patrick Stewart is dying. Mm-hmm. You know, it just felt like it's a more mature thing. So that's what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but that we yeah. got a long way to go before we get to that one. <laughs> I know that's like what ten down the line or yeah. something like that. My experience with X Men, besides what I just said too, is like when they were coming. I mean, the, this first one came out in two thousand, so I definitely like one wouldn't have interest in seeing it uh-huh. as like a what a first grader or something. Um, but I also feel like I wouldn't have been allowed to watch it. Yeah, you know, um, which I'm kind of assuming is the trend for the first couple movies of why I've never seen them until later. And I got a funny story for X2 that I already told you, but I'll save it for next episode. Cool. But yeah, I I just think like, I just never cared about it growing up. Mm -hmm. And then I just feel like I mostly hear people from people that they suck. Like whenever the new movie comes out, a new movie comes out, it's, it sucks. And I didn't know at the time that Deadpool came out that that was an X-Men character. I just thought, you know, Oh, it's just a Marvel character that Disney doesn't own. But, um, well, I mean, he's, he's, He's an X-Men character in the way that, like, you know, Hawkeye is an Avenger. It's like, he's an Avenger when no, they need yeah. him to be. But I didn't know that Ryan Reynolds was in X-Men movies. Yeah. I had no idea. In a X-Men an movie. In a X-Men movie. So. In. Or a? In an, a, an X-Men movie. In an X-Men movie, yeah. But, yeah. I just don't under. It just feels like people often don't like them. It kind of feels a little bit like a Fast and Furious situation. Yeah. I, well, I think that there is something to. I think people like the X-Men, and I think they like the idea of the X-Men. But the movies never nail it. Yeah, and I think that the movie—I do think—I will be surprised if X-Men 2 doesn't nail it. Because I think that that movie is pretty well-beloved, and I I, I think that people like that movie a lot. Okay. Um, Who's the bad guy in that one? I don't remember. Oh, okay. But I remember being like, that one was, like, good. Yeah. You know? Um, but, but I think it's that kind of thing where it's like, you always go and you're like, I'm disappointed, but I do like these characters and hopefully they'll get it next time. I, I, I think know, that's kind so, of the mentality. Yeah. Which and it, if anything, if we want to compare this to Fast and Furious or something, if this is how I kind of feel about the series, that this makes more sense that they would make so many because there's so much source material. Oh yeah. And, and there's like a, it's an evergreen. They're always going to have fans for it. Fast and Furious makes no effing sense. No. But. We've talked about that. <laughs> we have, and we're going to talk about it again this year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I. So I saw this movie when I was a kid, um, but it was after they had made three of them already. Okay. Uh, but before they'd made X Men Origins, so it would have been in middle school when I would have watched these movies. Yeah. And um, I liked it. By then, I'd already seen Spider Man and Spider Man Two. So I, I think I was like, okay, this isn't as cool, but it's good. Um, but, but yeah, I liked it. And then w- when we watched it, that was the second time I've ever seen it. Whoa. Um, I guess me too. And I've, I've been, besides TV, as, this, as TV. we've been getting closer to this, like I've been looking forward to watching these movies, these first three, hmm. cause I remember them fondly and, um, they are kind of a time capsule. They are. Um, yeah, I, I, this, I mean, I know it's silly to say that I didn't see this movie until college, although I definitely saw some of the, you know, I would even say the first three clips on TV. 
Yeah. So, um, but I kind of have that same feeling of the Star Wars prequels. Yeah. Where, like, we'll just, I'll only focus on this movie. Where it is like, it is because it was released in 2000. There's just something I, I'm like a tiny bit nostalgic for it. I think yeah. more for the time period than the movie. And so it is kind of like fun to watch, but then you get like 30 minutes in and I'm bored. Yeah. That's what, that's well, and, what it is to me. And I think that this, I, so my take on this movie that we will explore is I do think it's good. I just think it's dated. Same. And, and I do think, and we'll be getting into this as we go along. I think in a lot of good ways, the MCU has perfected the formula that this movie creates. Uh-huh. But also that comes with a lot of cons in that, like, that's the formula. Like, this movie establishes the su- the modern superhero formula. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we so as far as, like, movie history, we have the Superman movies in the 70s, and those set up the formula. Batman, you know, continues the formula. But those movies, all four of them are kind of wacky and yep. insane in their own ways. Yeah. And I think that this movie comes out in 2000, and it's like, this is what we're going to do now for the next, I don't know. It's been 20 years. It's probably going to be 20 more years. Are the Superman movies pretty sincere, or are they a little oh, goofy? Yeah. They are. They, well, the well wh- define that. What do you mean by that? I mean, are they anything similar to Batman's wackiness? No, they're very earnest. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, and Never speaking seen. of Superman... People probably already know this because we're recording this a bit ago, but um, James Gunn, you know, runs DC now with his buddy Peter. Uh, I can't remember his last name. Did you see what he shared today? Yeah, that's what I was going to mention. Um, They they are moving forward, and it does sound like they are scrapping the DCEU, which means we can close the book on the DCEU. Yeah. And he is, they are currently working on Superman. Okay, but like not with Henry Cavill. And he has confirmed that Henry Cavill will not star in the movie. Wow. I bet, I bet that's a bummer for the actor. He posted about it and he is bummed, he but is he bummed. understands. Okay. Is what his post said. Okay. Uh, his his, sc- what his, screen, cap, his yeah. screen cap of his notes app says that. Oh, I, <laughs> I don't know why people do that. Um, it's because there's not enough characters. <laughs> But uh, that is really exciting to me because as as much, I mean, I really like Henry Cavill and I it sucks that he hasn't had a chance to be in a good movie as Superman. I mean, the best movie he's in as Superman is Shazam when his chest is shown at the end of the movie when he shows up at the high school. And I don't even know if that's Henry right Cavill. At the beginning of the movie? At the end of the movie. With the, wait, but with when the they go to the cafeteria. Oh. Shazam? Oh. Yeah. Not Justice League. That's what I'm thinking of. Um, so he's only been in one good movie and that could have been a stunt double. Yeah. Um, so that's a bummer for him. And I think wow. he's really good for it. Who's it going to be though? Yeah. I don't know, but I uh, better get a good jawline. That to me, that is well, he, inter, integral. Is that how you say it? Integral. Yeah. Uh, Superman. Yeah. So you gotta have a good jawline. Gotta have I a have, chin. I have no doubt that James Gunn is going to make something really special. Yeah. Because also, you know, it's like, oh, well, James Gunn can be really irreverent and stuff like that. But he know he is one of the few like franchise film directors that really matches the tone. Mm-hmm. And he knows that we've done this dark, edgy Superman, and he's gonna be like, no, people need and what I've been asking for ever since we started covering DC like a year and a half ago. We need an earnest, kind 
Superman. Yeah. Who stands for truth, justice, and the American way, as it is, you know, colloquially referred to. So I, th- I know. So I, that's exciting yeah, to me. I know I asked you this a while ago, but this means, th- but the, the movies that are slated to come out are still going to come out, right? As far as we know, this year they are still going to be coming out with Aquaman 2. Mm-hmm. That, that is like in the bag. There's no reason for them not to put that out. Uh, Blue Beetle is apparently still happening. Um, Whatever that is. Yeah. Uh, and then The Flash is still slated on schedule. <laughs> but I think, I do not, I really don't think it's going to come out. No. Now, especially with this change of no. of leadership, I think they're just going to bury it. I yeah. really don't think but they're going to release But Aquaman 1 made movie. a ton of mo- money. Yeah, it was the first billion dollar baby. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah, there's... I am. I am yeah. bummed. And oh, I, and Shazam Two is coming out. That's as what well. I was thinking of. Yeah. Yeah, I am bummed about um, mo- more than any of them. I am bummed about um, Aquaman and well, I, I wanted Jason like five, Mo- Momoa five and Aquaman Gal movies. <laughs> yeah. I know, and I did want a third Wonder Woman movie, but um, you know, if, no one if, else does. So I guess they got to start over. Yeah. So um, yeah, that's that's where we're at. Um. They're they're definitely not making a Black Adam two, which is great. We won't have to sit so through much more money, of that. Micah, the Rock said so. <laughs> uh, for those who are wondering, uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, by the time this comes out, like two months ago, he he posted an article that was a puff piece, basically that said like where he's like, I talked to my financiers, and actually, Black Adam's going to make money, which is a terrible look. You don't see Tom Cruise posting after Maverick like this movie actually is going to make a lot of According money. According to my accountant. Yeah. And then we find out that Dwayne the Rock Johnson was the source of <laughs> the article that was that was put out. Um and then Warner, a couple of people from Warner Brothers said the movie is not going to make money. <laughs> and if your own company that produced it is like, "No, no, we're not. This is movies not going to make money. I can tell you what they do not want to work with Dwayne the Rock Johnson with this again. Yeah. So we don't have to sit through another Black Adam travesty. And good job on all of you who stayed home and didn't watch that movie. Thank you. Because you're the real heroes. Yeah. Much like Black Adam, you decided to murder instead of save, and you murdered that movie instead of saving it. And you were the real heroes. Hmm. <laughs> you're anti-heroes. <laughs> So I'm I'm over the moon about the biggest thing about James Gunn joining is the fact that I won't have to watch another Dwayne the Rock Johnson Black Adam movie. Yeah, that is that is more thrilling to me than the fact that I'm seeing Avatar two tonight. Also, it's great that we don't Ben Affleck anymore as Batman. Oh my gosh! Yeah, come on. And you know what's also funny, and I love about James Gunn. Someone he shared an article where someone said that like James Gunn is looking to. Um, include Robert Pattinson's Batman into for real the universe, and he he reported it. He he was like he was like, you should probably check your source. We oh, that's not a I thing that's happening. Okay, yeah. So I I don't think that he didn't necessarily say like no, we're never gonna do that. But he's like, that's he's not probably like we accurate. haven't even got to Batman yet. It, well, it, really, his announcement made it sound like we're gonna make a Superman movie. Yeah. And and I know he said they're 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 getting they're getting like a ten year slate ready, but I think that he understands like we have to make a good we need a movie that people like <laughs> to start this whole thing. If if we're gonna do a shared universe, it we need to make a Superman movie that's good. Mm-hmm. So 
that is pretty exciting and has nothing to do with X-Men. Mm-hmm. So should we talk about X-Men? Let's get into the actors first. Okay, do it. Because I feel like it. All right, take it away. Sir Patrick Stewart uh, plays Professor Charles Xavier. Um, he not only is probably best known for this role, but he's also, um, he is Picard uh-huh. from Star Trek Picard. I've not seen any of those. Have you? I have seen uh, the one with Tom Hardy in it, and it's really bad. Star oh, Trek Tom Nemesis, where he's the bad guy. And it almost got Tom Hardy to quit acting for life because he had a bad that? experience. I think like 2003 or 2005. I've, I didn't know Tom Hardy was in one of those. Yeah, it's really bad. Interesting. Uh, something to note about Sir Patrick Stewart. Mm-hmm. I think it is wild that we've done this podcast for a long time, and we're about to talk about X-Men, and yet we have already talked about Sir Patrick Stewart playing this character in another movie we've covered, which is Doctor Strange and the yep. Multiverse of Madness. That is a little and he, bit like, mind-bending. Affects the plot. He does stuff in that movie. Yeah. Just it's kind of just, wild. I, I feel like it's more than a cameo. Yeah. Because he's doing stuff. Yeah. So, anyway. But yeah, that's all I'm going to talk about with him. I mean, Sir Patrick Stewart. He's been knighted. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Ian McKellen. Is he a Sir? Yeah, and we have talked about him. Oh, yeah, he's Gandalf. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, but we have not talked about Hugh Jackman. No. Okay, he, guys, just in case for anyone out there who doesn't know, he's Wolverine. (laughs) Um, But Also, Jean Valjean. Gosh, I was getting there. I know, but I wanted to say Probably best known for Wolverine. But he yeah. is best known for Wolverine, uh, yeah, absolutely. He is, he is also in Les Mis. He's in The Greatest Showman, which apparently is like the best movie ever made, according to so many people who like love freaking love that movie. And I, it's just so funny whenever someone finds out that I have not seen The Greatest Showman, they like freak out. Yeah. How would I you just, not watch a musical with Hugh Jackman in it? I, I just know, like when I saw that trailer, I was like, even if this is good, I, I know in my bones that I will not like this. This is not a movie made for Micah. And sometimes you yeah. have to let those go. You do. You do. And I felt the same way. And you just can't do it all. I don't need like really annoying, to me, I pop al- songs. I already have to watch so many movies I don't want to watch because of this podcast. I don't want to <laughs> add another to the list. <laughs> and then, um, oh, how do you say her name? Rebecca. Well, Jean Grey. Oh, is that Fr- Frank Frankie? Famke Jansen. F-A-M-K-E. Famke. Famke Jansen. That can't be how you say her name. Anyway, she plays Jean Grey. Um, she is also in House on Haunted Hill, Dormouse, Long Slow Exhale, just a lot, a lot, a lot of movies. I'm kind of surprised she hasn't been in much else big. Because I, I like her in these stuff movies. You've not seen. Is that it? Okay. Uh, that's that's my feeling on it. Because I, I always really liked her in these. But I mean, I was younger. I don't know. Yeah, how that's gonna... she consistently works. Yeah, but I think, I mean, the performances in this movie don't really pop to me anymore. Yeah. Although I do think, I do think there's three performances that are excellent. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, go ahead. James Marsden plays Scott Summers or Cyclops. Uh huh. So does Jean Grey not have a X-Men name? Yeah, she is. Um, because on IMDb there's nothing. Well, she becomes Phoenix, and she I'm does. For, I'm f- yeah, that's the whole thing. Okay, I don't. Sorry, I don't know. Let me look. I so can't is that remember. The third, movie? the third movie they do the Phoenix thing. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Wait, wait. Hang on. Hang on. Let's see. T- uh, notable aliases: Marvel Girl. That's what she was. 
uh, like when they like made the comic book. Phoenix is better. And then she becomes Phoenix, but even even throughout, um, yeah, she becomes Phoenix, then she becomes Dark Phoenix, um, and then there's other stuff. You know, every character has like 30 different things by now. So does Wolverine always fall in love with Phoenix? No. Because I don't think that's part of it in the new movie. No, I just, I, know, I just know that these two characters get together. Yeah, and I, I, I'm fuzzy on yeah. on comic book wise. I think it works for this this movie, the these series of movies. Yeah. I think it totally works, but I, I don't remember how much that's in the comic. I don't remember her being together with Scott Summers. Yeah, at the beginning. Well, one of her aliases is Gene Summers, so they definitely marry at one point. In the comics, yeah. Oh, interesting. But yeah, James Marsden, um, he looked so funny to me and not because of the gla- goggles. He he just looks so young. Yeah. But um, yeah, he is in uh, Hairspray. <laughs> um, he's also in Enchanted. He is in a Superman movie. He's in Superman Returns. <laughs> he is in Dead to Me, Westworld, cla- you know, famously in Sonic. Yeah. <laughs> Getting his Sonic on collecting those rings. And fighting the Eggman. Yep. But he plays him. He, he's a, yeah, he's just like a human. In the yeah, Sonic I think movie. he's like the sheriff or something. Hmm. Anyway, I haven't seen those. Oh, he's in 27 Dresses too. Of course. Good performance. Yeah. He's got to be in at least one romantic comedy. He's in a couple. Come on. Yeah. Um, Halle Berry plays Aurora. Roro. Monroe or Storm. Yeah. Who I, I always thought looked so cool as a kid. Yeah, Storm rocks. Um, she, how have we not talked about Halle Berry? Because she hasn't been in. Oh, we have actually in John Wick Chapter Three. That's we talked true. about her. Great. Uh, uh, should we? Well, maybe we'll talk about the performances as we go along. Let's just do that because it's kind of tough. It's not great. <laughs> do, do you know? Can I before you get there? Do you know who plays Toad? I just saw it. The his IMDb picture is Darth Maul. Yeah, it's Ray Parker. Didn't know that. And can you look up, is he an American? He's American, right? Because he's British, English, he, what? He's Scottish. Wait, he's Scottish. That's weird because it felt like the worst British accent know, I've ever heard in my so life. Bad. It felt like this is what I said while we were watching it. They have this character toad, which I asked Micah while we were watching it. Is it strange that they would put this character in this movie? And you said, you know, you haven't read enough X-Men to really know for sure if it's a weird choice, but if, to you, it felt like a weird choice to put Toad in X-Men. It, it, felt like, it felt like, okay, we're making a Spider-Man movie. Let's put the Rhino in the first movie. And it's like, yeah. Rhino's cool. We all like Rhino. You but gotta, the first movie you put yeah. this guy in? No, 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 no. So with him being, that, that's how it felt to me, someone who has never read an X-Men he's, comic. He's a B or a C villain. He's it not really, an A villain. It really felt like that. And then to top it off with that, it felt like that he was that he was directed to act like um, he was one of the characters in Train Spotting. Because he's just really scuzzy and gross and cockney. Mm -hmm. And it just felt like someone was a fan of train spotting. And that was their inspiration. It was pretty bad. Very bad, yeah. And he looked bad. The accents in this movie are wild. Let's talk about another one. Anna Paquin, who plays Rogue. Yeah. Um, She's like... I'm assuming that character is from Mississippi. I don't remember any mention of where she's from. Okay woof on that um but to talk she's an academy award-winning actress yeah and she's amazing in the irishman 
She is. So she is an Academy Award winning actress for The Piano, which I've still never seen. I've never seen it. It just, looking at the poster, it just looks boring. It looks like an Oscar movie. Come on. You know? You got to watch some of those, though. Um, It's on the 1001 Movies to See Before You Die book I got. I mean, who made it again? Made by, oh, I don't know who that is. Oh, Jane Campion. I know. Oh, it is? is? Okay. That's uh, Power of the Dog. Yeah. Oh, that's, hey, that actually makes me want to watch it. It's just every time I see the poster, it's just rough. Yeah. Weird. And she um, was like a little kid when she, she won that, I think right? she is the youngest person to ever win an Oscar. Really? I okay. Think. She might have been like 11 or something. Wow. Um, she's awful in this movie. She's so bad, man. But yeah, but, so she's also in uh, The Squid and the Whale. She is uh, in the show A Friend of the Family, A Bit of Light, Modern Love. She She's, she's, she's been in a lot of stuff. And The Irishman. Yeah. So as as we're going to get into when I get o- into the production, though, we're going to talk about some of these actors and some of their bad performances. But as I was reading the production of this movie, I think it's a miracle that this movie is watchable, let alone I would believe good. that. So when I say, like, Halle Berry's terrible in this or Anna Paquin's terrible in this, take it with a grain of salt. Maybe it's consider, probably not their fault. Maybe consider that they were working on a hostile set. Yes. Because they were. And and one thing that I'll mention about Rebecca Ramajan, uh, uh, Mystique. Okay. Will you'll get you'll get mad about that one? Oh, great! Uh, along oh, with what, many does it others. Get into the makeup stuff because that's what yeah. I wanted to know about. Yep, it's okay. about the makeup. So next we have Tyler Maine who plays Sabretooth. Man, this guy. I feel like this guy's makeup probably took an annoyingly long amount of time. Yeah. To apply just to his face. Yeah. Um, he's also in Troy Halloween Two. Um, Rob Zombie Halloween Two. Yeah, yeah. Um, Dead North, Night's End, Joe Dirt. Joe Ray, Dirt. <laughs> Ray Park, talked about him. Rebecca Ramajan, who plays Mystique. Um, she is also in Femme Fatale, Sleep No More, Strange New Worlds, which is a Star Trek thing. Um, and a, a lot of, I mean, a lot of sci-fi. She's also in Curb Your Enthusiasm, apparently. Okay. And then Bruce Davison plays Senator Kelly. This guy yeah. is like such a classic character actor to me. Uh huh. Um, because he's always doing the same thing, but he's nailing whatever he does for me. Right. Okay. Um, he's also in The Crucible, Shortcuts, The Good Neighbor, The Lincoln Lawyer, Ozark, and the list goes on. Okay. Because yeah, when I saw him, I'm like, I know this guy, and I know I've seen him in like 30 things, but I couldn't place it's, any. He's of one them. of those people where. I will look at his filmography and think, what is the one specific movie I'm trying to think of? And there never is one because yeah. he's in so many. It's like osmosis. You just yeah. like consumed that actor. What's his name again? Um, it is Bruce Davison. Bruce Davison. Okay. Is that all the actors you're hitting? Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. So now here we go, folks. Uh, we're going to get into the production and I, I am going to issue a, a bit of a warning because we're talking about uh, a really awful director whose name is Brian Singer, who has a- allegedly but almost certainly uh, sexually assaulted a lot of people. And we're going to be talking about it a little bit. So if, if that's something that might trigger you or something, just skip ahead like 10, 20 minutes. How many movies of this did he direct? Uh, I think he did two. Okay. So this and the next one. And then we will put him on the list of people we uh, put in the he who shall not be named category. But I kind of have to say his name throughout this. So he's not great, but we're going to talk about him. 
So he directed the movie. The screenplay is by David Hayter, who did X2 and Zack Snyder's Watchmen. The story is by Tom DeSanto. This is his only credit and Brian Singer. The cinematography is Newton Thomas Sigel, who did Cherry, The Five Bloods, Bohemian Rhapsody, Drive. Uh, music is by Michael Kamen, who did Band of Brothers and Frequency. The movie comes out July 14th, 2000. It may, it, it, its budget was $75 million. It made 157 domestically and 296 wow. worldwide. Yeah, big hit. Uh, so here's the fun, fun stuff. Uh, Jerry Conway and Roy Thomas, who are two big comic book writers. Um, well, actually, one of them might be... No, I think they're both writers. Uh, they wrote a screenplay in 1984. Wow. For X-Men. Uh, for Orion Pictures... But it doesn't come through as Orion uh, faces financial issues. And if you want to hear more about that studio, go to our episodes on Manhunter and Silence of the Lambs. Then in 89 and 90, Stan Lee and Chris Claremont work on an adaption with da-da-da-da James Cameron producing Whoa. and Catherine Bigelow to direct. Whoa. Uh, that, that movie would have had Bob Hoskins as Wolverine. Who's that? <laughs> Bob Hoskins is, um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking. He He's in Super Mario Brothers. He is Mario. He's that the, guy. That movie? The, yeah, the, the, the movie from live the action? 90s. Yeah. What? How does that even make sense? <laughs> yeah, he would have been Wolverine. Uh, Wait, why didn't we get this movie? <laughs> yeah, that guy. What, what else is he in? I, he's, he's in so in, much. He's but, in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. That's right. That's, yeah. yeah. Now, in their you defense, say his name like Bob Hoskins. Bob Hoskins. Uh, in his def- in their defense, like Wolverine in the comics is a short guy. He is. He's really short, and that's been one of the dumb things that comic book fans get mad at. Where it's like, well, Hugh Jackman's tall. Hugh Jackman's too tall. Tom Cruise is too short. We're never happy. Yeah. Well, and and the dream, the consensus dream cast of Wolverine now is Bob is, Hoskins. No, it is uh, Daniel Radcliffe. Is what everybody wants because oh, he's I, small yeah. and stocky. He's not really stocky, but he he, he would can like do anything he sets his mind to. Oh yeah, I mean I would love that. Um, he he played Weird Al and he nailed it. <laughs> uh, Angela Bassett would have been Storm in that, okay. which totally makes sense. She'd have been great. She um, does no wrong. No, she doesn't. <laughs> uh, the deal falls through when Cameron wants to make his Spider-Man movie that he begins working on for many years. Oh, I didn't know he was working on a Spider-Man movie. Which we'll talk about whenever we talk about the Toby movies. Because, yeah, he, he worked on a Spider-Man movie that had kind of a wild plot. Who was his Spider-Man? Uh, I don't know. Oh, I don't we'll remember. Fi- we'll find out at a later date. Yeah. So then in 92, and this this brings us back to our very first episode. Because remember, we were talking about Marvel and who owned what characters and stuff. So in 92, Marvel attempts to sell the rights of X-Men to Columbia. Okay. Uh, they don't buy it. But producer Avi Ahred is making yeah. the animated show yeah. uh, in the 90s, and it's a big hit. So Fox goes, let's buy the rights to X-Men. So this is like, it's just crazy because this is the big fracture where it's like X-Men is bought. Uh, Sony has the rights to Spider-Man. Fox has the rights to X-Men. And then um, Paramount gets the rights to the rest of the Marvel characters. Paramount makes Iron Man, and then Disney starts making them. And then over the years, it's been like, how come the X-Men aren't in this? How come these universes can't cross over? And it's like, well, they don't own the rights. 
And now that Disney owns Fox and, well, they don't own Sony, they still have to make deals every time yep. Spider-Man or a villain or a character is in a, a movie. After, after a Spider-Man movie comes out, there's always a threat that that's, that's the last <laughs> right. one. But now, and that's the big question. It's like, when are the X-Men going to be in, uh, in, the, in the MCU? Which I look forward to. I think they'll probably do a better job. Not necessarily of casting, but of the of like introducing them well and stuff. Um, so Fox gets the rights, and in '94, um, Andrew Kevin Walker, the writer of Seven, starts working on a script, uh, and he has this big old pitch. Um, I won't get into it, but you can read about it. Uh, the, well, the script focuses on the rivalry between Wolverine and Cyclops, as well as the latter's self-doubt as a field leader. Part of the backstory invented for Magneto made him the cause of the Chernobyl disaster. Whoa, that's interesting. That's just a little piece. And he turns in a second draft in 94. And then in 95, um, Caligridis, that's the last name of the guy who made um, wrote Shutter Island, um, or woman, I'm, I'm not sure because I think it auto-corrected the first name. Okay. So, Caligridis, they did a rewrite. Then in 96, Michael Chabon does a six-page treatment. They're trying to get Robert Dr- Rodriguez to re- direct it. They're trying to get Paul W.S. Anderson. Robert Rodriguez, the Spy Kids guy? Yeah. Okay. Um, And then after Usual Suspects, which is a Brian Singer movie, they're like, we should bring Brian Singer into this. So he... That's when he starts getting involved. You said Christopher McQuarrie earlier in our. I'm going to talk about. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, then they get Ed Solomon, who is one of the writers on Bill and Ted, to work on a script, uh, and he does a rewrite, uh, but that doesn't go through. And then Claremont like sends them like a four-page memo that's like, "This is what's interesting and good about X Men. This is what should be included." Sends that to them. Um, and then they're then they're like, okay, we got our crew of people, and they're working on the movie. They're officially working on like the draft that will become the movie we watched. Um, but they had to cut Beast, Nightcrawler, Pyro, and then um, the Danger Room, which is where they train, uh, for the studio to greenlight this movie because they were like, that's going to be too expensive. And I think Pyro is still in the movie. Wow, so this movie is only an hour and forty minutes because of money. I think so. Love it. <laughs> and then Christopher McQuarrie, who worked, uh, I think wrote Usual Suspects, I think, uh, he comes in to rewrite this movie. And he rewrites a lot of it, slash, well, we'll talk about that in a second. And Josh Whedon comes in, does a rewrite, yeah. and apparently only two lines of his made it in the movie because it was too so, like pop culture heavy and like people didn't like it. And then David Hayter comes in, who ultimately gets the screenplay credit. Um, but in 2020, the Hollywood Reporter revealed that McQuarrie and Solomon both removed their names from the film due to the studio's torturous process. Solomon would later express regret towards removing his name. Hayter claims that 55% of his script ended up in the finished film, while other insiders claim that the majority of what is on screen was w- written by McQuarrie and Solomon. Uh, with only small contributions from Hater, uh, so they 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 didn't like the process. Ed Solomon and McQuarrie so much that they removed their names when apparently by some insiders they wrote most of this movie. What do they mean by the process? 
Okay. We're going <laughs> to... I'm just teeing you up for the questions, dude. So... I'm going to be reading a lot from a Hollywood Reporter article from 2020. And and this is where, like, the uh, trigger warning, I guess, is going to come in. But before you click forward, you do have to hear this insane fact about this movie, which is perhaps the funniest thing maybe I've ever heard about a movie. In the spring of 1999, Brian Singer and a group of X-Men producers and crew were working out of the old Fox offices near Olympic and Bundy, when Michael Jackson walked in the door, wearing sunglasses and refusing to shake hands, Jackson was visiting the industrial space to meet with Singer to discuss the prospect of playing <laughs> Professor Xavier in the upcoming film. What? I said to him, do you know Xavier is an older white guy? X-Men producer Lauren Schuler Donner recalls. And Michael said, oh yeah, I, you know, I can wear makeup. <laughs> Wow. The audacity for this man to think that he's not only going to play Charles Xavier, but play Jar Jar Binks. He, he thought what it, else is he asked to play? I don't know, but that's insane. That is insane. Could you imagine the soft spoken man with white paint all over him? Like leading the X-Men. I, w- Hey, I want to see this movie. If I could see this movie, I would pay money to see this. I mean, do you think that's just he is so famous that he thinks he can literally ask for it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just the delusions of being having people only say yes to you yeah. f- since you were, you know, six years old or whatever. Yeah. Um. So with that, Jackson queued up an elaborate presentation complete with the short film Ghosts in which the pop star morphed into a 60-something white mayor railing against a well-meaning performer who entertains local children with magic tricks. 20th Century Fox, the studio behind the film, never seriously considered Jackson for the role, which eventually went to Patrick Stewart, in a turn that enabled him to be known for a popular character other than Captain Picard. Michael was already in the thick of all his allegations by X-Men as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So he walks in and they're just like, please leave. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I don't know if Brian Singer thought that, as we're about to get into. Well, yeah. So behind the scenes, crisis raged, including drug use, tantrums, and a writer's feud. Adding to the drama, one of the film's actors filed a civil suit four months after production wrapped, claiming that he was raped by three of Singer's friends and business associates, although none of them were involved with X-Men. Not great? Awful. Terrible. Singer already has a suit against him by the time this movie comes out, because he had made this movie called Apt Pupil, and uh, uh, on April 15th of 1997, two boys, one 14 and one 17, filed a civil lawsuit claiming that they were ordered to strip naked for a scene. Oh, my gosh. At least two other actors made similar allegations, with one claiming that he would be fired if he refused to perform nude. Uh, And then Singer was one of the several defendants named in the suits, which reportedly were settled for an undisclosed sum. So already he should be kicked out and not. I didn't know there. that he was that there were things charged against him like right after the like right away. I didn't know that either. And again, that's 1997. This yeah. movie comes out in 2000. Yeah. So Fox should be. And like, I'm talking no. about X Men because I've not heard of that other stuff that happened before. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and then yeah, Macquarie was so angry at the studio for the torturous process that he persuaded Solomon to remove his name. Uh, and and. Yeah, at the time, 
This is Solomon. At the time, I no longer wanted my name on a movie if it wasn't entirely my work. It came more out of immature self-righteousness than anything else, and in hindsight, it was a stupid move. It wound up being an expensive decision. Wow. Chris gave up at least $1 million, that's Chris McQuarrie, the first year in residuals and credit bonuses, hater notes. Same with Ed. It's unheard of. Wow. But uh, then there are a number of men, including some who were minors at the time, have claimed that uh, Singer dangled X-Men auditions and roles in exchange for sex Wow! to get on this movie. Um, and then th- this one blew me. This was wild. So Pyro, who is mm-hmm. in one scene of this movie, maybe the says classroom one. classroom scene? Yeah, I think he says one line of dialogue. He was an 18-year-old, um, and no one remembers how Burton, that's his name, Alex Burton, who had no previous ca- credits was cast. One source says Burton told him, uh, that the Mark and Brian created the role for me. Another source says Burton was flown up to the Toronto set from Los Angeles, an unheard of move given the side of his, size of his role. And then eight days after X-Men Ellis Island premiere on July 12, 2000, Burton filed a civil suit against three of Singer's friends and business associates. And that's what we had talked about uh-huh. a little bit ago. Um, and then beyond that, uh, what in interviews at the time, Singer conceded that he was taking pain medication for his back, and others on set characterized his drug use as problematic, leading to late arrivals to the set, mood swings, and explosive tantrums. Tantrums. Some of the characters, like Ramajan's Mystique, required hours of body painting before filming. On a whim, Singer would decide not to use her in a scene. <gasps> what? So she's sitting there for hours, and then like, yeah, we don't need you. Did you look up? The, oh, okay. I <laughs> every I got you this time. Uh, Marvel chief Kevin Feige, then a young executive work working for Schuler Donner, was dispatched to ensure that someone was keeping Singer in line. What? So Feige begins his like Marvel. He is. This is the beginning of Feige. Is is and his job is to babysit. Yeah, yeah. Yikes. Um, and Jackman. This was, uh, he was not the first choice, and he was an unknown at the time. So this, like, makes his career. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, And then they had to finish this movie six months ahead of schedule because Spielberg was supposed to release Minority Report in July, or June, actually, but he decided to shoot AI instead. And so then they had to fill the slot. Which cool movie do I want to make first? (laughs) Um, Hugh Jackman does have claws that he wears um of course there's cg involved as well but and then singer insisted at the last minute to change the color to look opaque for mystique uh which added six hours to makeup what does that mean opaque i mean i know what the word means but i don't understand what that means i don't in this context okay it just like they they had like okay this is how we're gonna do it and this is like how it's gonna look and then just like pretty late into production he's like no i want it to look 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 like this and it adds six hours to her having to get makeup and then uh ramajan reflected i had almost no contact with the rest of the cast it was like i was making a different movie from everyone else it was hell i am assuming because i know the jennifer lawrence one looks very similar Uh like the blue and the hair and stuff that this is what this character looks like in the comics yeah okay it just sucks, like, 
and maybe I'm a prude or something, but like on top of all that, she has to basically just be naked the whole time. I, I know it'd be tough. That's awful. That sucks. Yeah. And it just feels degrading at a point. Oh yeah. Not even yeah. at a point. It's just, ugh. yeah. So what? that, those are the notes. Okay. But you didn't find anything about how this stuff was applied to her. Cause I, I saw a thing that I, Oh, I mean, I, I looked at it. I didn't understand it because I don't do makeup. So I didn't think I was qualified to report on it. I just, I should look into it because I saw a thing that said that, I don't know if it was her or Jennifer Lawrence. I'm assuming it's her just because it's an older movie. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully we as humans get better at treating people better. But like that it was har- potentially harmful to her. The, how yeah. they, like the stuff they were, how the methods and how they were applying things. I'm sure it was this one because they changed the thing late into production. Yeah. So they probably couldn't like test it the way they need to and stuff. Yeah. So gosh, just awful. Yeah. Awful guy. Uh, and we have to talk about him one more time and then yeah. we can put him to bed I, until we cover Superman. That's crazy. I mean, this is just the world we live in. I know that, but like that these allegations came out against him quickly. Uh-huh. And even before the X-Men movie, there were allegations and they just still let him make another movie. Well, that that's the, you know, there's always these arguments about like cancel culture and stuff like that. But but one thing I I would I would think people could agree on is like if something this serious happens, then we can at the very least pump the brakes until like life is figured out. Well, yeah, I mean because yeah. I think back yeah. then the motto was like, until something's proven, who cares? Here's your next project. Here's your but, next project. But a studio should take seriously the allegations that someone is bribing people yes. for roles with sex or yeah. whatever. You know, like that that should be taken seriously and nothing else should go forward until that's taken care of. Yeah. I, like, like and he's uh, not to look like, at it as a cold business, no, way, yeah. it's like that is what needs to happen. And and yes, he's like an up and coming like hot director, but it's not like he's like, it's not like he made Pulp Fiction. Well, I guess people really do love The Usual Suspects. I don't think it's that great of a movie. Yeah. Um, but I I don't I don't think it, it you know he made this movie that's like oh my gosh like we have to have him. It's like just hire someone else. Yeah. You know someone else can do this. Yeah. So I yeah it's it's wild to me, and that is that is a a good thing about more accountability these days where it's like I'm sure there are people who've been screwed out of jobs that they rightly deserved and didn't do what was being like the allegations yeah what they were bribed with but but having people pump the brakes and be like you know what (laughs) like maybe this person did do these things and if that's the case do we really want to go forward support them give them a salary give them the creative juices to make this thing when they've been hurting all these people. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Do you want to jump into the movie? Mm-hmm. So the movie begins. You said it. That's what mm-hmm. I usually say. I guess that's what you get when you come into a brand new year. <laughs> that's my new year's resolution. Yeah. You're going to do Just that. Just to say it one time. And that was it. Yeah. So I achieved it fast and early. Okay. I <laughs> kept that part out actually. <laughs> really? Oh, no, you're making a joke. That's what she said, though. Oh, yeah. Well, she said a lot of stuff. Um, So the movie begins, and we have... Well, actually, let me... You you, you really take it. If you want to take oh, the line, you no. got to really take it. I, I wouldn't even dare try and take away describing the first scene from you. No, Jordan, I really want you to do it, because clearly you have a very strong memory of okay, the first fine, scene. Okay, fine, I can do it. 
it's uh, rainy. Wrong. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> So the movie begins. So I guess your resolution stands because you have to do it. You have to do it like the pro that I am, you know? Don't make me do what you do. I just want to do what I want to do. But uh, this is what happens. There is like a, a a a camera going through this swirling electronic-looking craziness. It's like the human spinal oh, the column. the opening title sequence is yeah. what I forgot? Yes. Okay. And uh, it's just funny. I mean, it it looks pretty bad, and and there's kind of this like, here's what X Men are. There's genes, and man fears them, and it's the next phase in human evolution. Yeah, and yeah, isn't Xavier, Professor Xavier saying something about that? Yeah, he's the one who's explaining it. Um, it's very quick. Oh, this was funny. I I felt like his uh, that all that stuff was said so quickly. Like there there wasn't a much of a dramatic flair to it. It was very textbook. No. And and it's funny because on the one hand, I'm kind of glad they just get it out of the way. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, I think it's – although they still start a lot of movies in this kind of fashion, like fantasy or superhero movies. But it is it is kind of like, oh, that feels like a dated ending to like a, a good superhero movie to start it off with – like just start the movie. a dated beginning. A dated beginning, yes. Yeah. Just feels like just start the movie. Yeah. But I think for the time period this came out, it's like you have to explain something because audiences are not necessarily ready for X-Men. Like, who are the X-Men? Yeah. Um, So that happens. Comic people are probably still nerds in 2000. Yeah. Probably not very cool yet. No. Now it is, of course, you're you're lame if you don't know about this Mm -hmm. stuff. You're not – like, now if – when this generation of people grows up and makes their own movies and they make their – the Fablemans, it's going to be like – I liked sports, and I got beat up in high school by all these Marvel fans. That'll be it. Interesting prediction. Okay. No laughter from you on that. Uh, Then we get to, we're in, I believe, Poland, right? Is that that where it's, yeah, Poland, 1944, and we have a good intro. Great Great intro. intro. You want to talk about it? I, I knew about this, well, I couldn't remember if it was Xavier or Magneto. For one. Yeah. But I knew that one of them was um, in a concentration camp, and that's kind of like their backstory. Yeah. Which is like, whoa, that is such a cool idea. Um, so, But I didn't remember that this was in this movie. Yeah. Movie one. They just put it in. Yeah. That that just felt crazy for some reason. It's, it's really cool, and the unfortunate thing is they attempt, they do this in first class as well. Okay. It's way worse. Really? Yeah, they don't do a very good job. This was great because it was all showing, no telling. So yeah, in the other one, it's like the kids like, "Ah!" and he's like getting really mad and like throw. It's just much more like dramatic. Whereas is it much more? I'm a bad guy kind of thing. It 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 feel well. That sounds weird. I mean, a long long time. But but it's just it's like I like how this this I I just really think the scene is really well done and and I like how it's just showing his powers, but it's not being overly dramatic about it for something that's pretty easy to go overly dramatic on. Yeah. And, um, boy, is this scene muddy. It's very muddy. Classic and, movie rain. It's just dumping buckets. And he like freaks out. Cause he said, I mean, in case you didn't watch this movie or don't know anything about history, they're they're Jewish and they're in the concentration. I think we camps. should assume that people know about the Holocaust. Uh, well, yeah, but um, but Magneto is being separated from his parents. Yes, and they are freaking out, 
trying to get back together, but are being held back and, you know, forced to go the direction that they were separated in. And what is Magneto's real name? Eric something. Okay. I can't remember his last name. But. So, yeah, the, the gate closes and everything on his parents, but he's still struggling, and it takes, like, five men to hold him back, even though he's a kid. And he's, and he's like, reaching out reaching to the out. fence, and it's but, starting to but bend. But what feels cool about that is it feels like he is reaching for his parents. He's not reaching. He's not doing that whole classic telekinetic well, I does that make sense? I think this is the first time he does this, and that's why I think yeah. he's he's reaching out for his parents. He's not doing the whole like, just I use I, my hand signifies that I'm using my powers right now. Yeah, you know that that's a thing. Oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I mean. No, he's just like just reaching, and and he's he destroys the the gate. Yeah, and there's a great shot of like the the bad guy, like the the Nazis have like pulled him back. But then they look at the fence, and it's after they hit him with the butt of a rifle to knock him out. Yeah. And they look at the fence, and it's all gnarled and, like, bending toward him. Yeah. It's it's a really great intro. Like, oh, it's so powerful, Like, you, yeah. you look at that, and you're like, wow. And and what's, what's awesome about it is, and, and, you know, this is true to the comic books as well, it's just great motivation for this character because he has this X factor, the X gene. He's the next step in human evolution, and he has lived through a time period where people said, hey, you're different. We're going to put you in a camp because mm-hmm. you're different. And we're going to kill you because of it. Gas you. Like, do yeah. all those horrible, horrible things. So his motivation when he and, – and it runs through, I think, all three of these movies where he's like, I don't trust the humans. We should wage war against them. It totally tracks I mean, and is if, fantastic. If you're writing. in the Holocaust. Like, you are, you go through it and you make it out and you're an X-Men on top of it. I understand where he's coming from. His, yeah. his motivation is makes a lot of sense. You know what I yeah. mean? <laughs> oh yeah. And then and you know, hearing about like, you know, at the beginning of this movie, Senator Kelly like trying to get mutants to register and stuff yeah. like that. He's like he's like I've heard this before. He's the Iron Man of the story. In what way? Oh no, he is the he is the Captain America of the story. I mean in a way. Yeah. yeah. Um but uh yeah, I just think it's great motivation and and I do think Number one with a bullet on if like the best parts about these first three X-Men movies, it's Hugh Jackman. No brainer. Mm-hmm. Duh. Mm-hmm. He's amazing. And then number two and three, I share it. It's got to be Charles Xavier and uh, Magneto. Like mm-hmm. they just they they're what carry these movies. I think. Is he called Professor X? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but but then, is, then do we cut to Mississippi? I believe yes, yeah. So then we, yeah, we're in Mississippi um, in the not too distant future. Yes, and Anna Paquin is hanging out with a boy in her room. Yeah, and we kind of mentioned it earlier, but she's doing a Southern accent, but it's like a like she's trying to do like honestly, it's a caricature. It, it's yeah, a it, it's not good. It's bad. It's like she's doing like deep Southern accent, and it's just so bad. It's so bad. Yeah, and it really slips in and out. It does. And it's, you know what? Let's just blame it on Brian Singer. I'm fine with that. Okay. And a pack when your hands are clean. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> terrible Any, set to work on. Anything I don't like about this movie, I'm just going to blame on him. And I feel very comfortable with that sure, statement. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, but she, uh, her and the boy kiss, and then he, like, I don't know. He, he, yeah, he, like, can't breathe. and then He's, he, like, dying. Yeah. This has never happened before, assuming, assumedly. I don't think that's a word. And, um... I, I thought her reaction was good. I liked her reaction. Yeah. Of freaking out. Um, and then she becomes a runaway. 
Yep. Because she's she touches people and they die. No one understands her. She doesn't even understand herself. She's just going to drift. Well, she's specifically looking to go to Canada, right? Yeah, and I don't recall. Oh, she just says in the scene, she's like, "I'm one day I'm going to go head over to Canada. Oh, so she's just doing her thing. And I'm going to go see the Alps or something. I know they're the not Alps in Canada. The Alps of Canada, great. <laughs> but, you know, you know the a lot of Canada is the Alps of North America. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, yeah, so she's she says that, and then she heads on up to Canada. Heads on up to she Canada. She heads on up to Canada. So every time we talk about her, we should do our best Southern accent. <laughs> Um, and then we see Senator Kelly. He's at the... They're at the a UN, UN thing, UN I think. or Congress or something like that. No, I, th- I think it's UN. Micah? Okay. Micah? <laughs> but yeah, he is... He, so Jean Grey is giving some kind of presentation on yeah. X-Men and, you know, really advocating for their rights and not having to register them. But yeah, Senator Kelly is so disagreeing. Yeah. Because X-Men are weapons. And it just has... I mean, I, I'm sure you can relate it to many other things, but the first thing I thought of was like in the 50s when they were blacklisting writers in Hollywood and stuff. And in okay, at, in um the Senate, I think they were they were you know asking actors to tell them like who is a commie yep. so that we can like register them and get them out of Hollywood and stuff like that. Yep. And and this scene kind of has that feeling, this like fear mongering. We don't understand them, so therefore let's just stop it right yeah. now. And it kind of. I, you know, I think this cycle is close to America's heart, this fear mongering mm-hmm. thing, because mm-hmm. it, it, it it's kind of like you're watching this scene and it feels like a lot of how a lot of political mm-hmm. parties and campaigns are run today yeah. still, unfortunately. Um, you know, that's what that's all Fox News does. They're just Senator Kelly, mm-hmm. you know, in a nutshell. Um, so, yeah, uh, you're, you're seeing that and then you see that this bald man in a wheelchair is watching and it's professor Xavier. And then there's another man who's got like a raincoat and a hat on and he's watching. And then as Xavier leaves, goes in the hallway and he sees Eric who is Magneto and they, they kind of have this exchange and I like how Magneto is, you know, their shadows covering his face and stuff like that. And he says, you know, like, like th- this is what happens when this happens. And so we, 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 the mutants need to team up and, and stop this. And Xavier's like, no, we can help them. There's a, there's a better way. There's a better way. And, and then Magneto feels him pulling in his mm-hmm. mind. Mm-hmm. And he goes, what are you looking for? And Charles says, hope. Mm-hmm. And I don't think the movie ever gets as good as that scene, <laughs> that scene yeah, and the Poland scene. scene. Because when we sat down and we're watching it, I was like, oh, this is going to, like, rip. Uh, like, this yeah. potentially could be great all the way through. And, again, I, I think most of my issues with this are just that it hasn't aged the best. Mm-hmm. Um, but, that I mean, those two scenes are kind of worth the price of admission. I like them a lot. Yeah. And Ian McKellen, come on. Yeah. The guy's a pro. They're both, they've both been knighted for being as good, for being such good actors. Yeah. What more could you ask for? Yeah. Uh, then we're back in Canada. So, um, Rogue yes. is, goes into this bar thing, but there's like cage fighting going on in the back. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
you you get a sense pretty immediately that there's this one dude that every that you can pay to fight and no one beats him. Yeah. And they they say even say pretty immediately he goes by Wolverine. Uh-huh. And then it kind of a cla- like it's we see just Hugh Jackman's back and he's drinking something and it, it's just like just by looking at his back, you know just how it's like this man is massive. He is a yeah. big person. And then he turns around and it just feels so dramatic. And and his hair, I I'm interested to know to see the evolution of his getup yeah. as these movies go on because I doubt that it's as cartoony as this yeah. movie. And I still think that it's it looks pretty good. I love the hair. I'm because yeah. here's here's the interesting thing I think about where this movie is placed. Um, this movie and and Spider Man, uh, really all the Tobey Maguire movies, they're placed in this weird point in time where they have to prove to general audiences that comic books are cool but they also have to appease the audience Mm -hmm. whereas now i think you can i think you could get away with more comic book true you know costumes and characters but i think they're still a little too scared to go all the way yeah they are as evidence and daredevil's new costume (laughs) and she hulks let's yeah let's not go there right now (laughs) but I, I so I think what's what's kind of wild is I would think that you would cut the hair like right off the bat if you were making this movie and trying to get it to like a general today? audience. Do you mean today? No, like when this comes out. So the fact that they commit to that, things like Mystique committing to that, that's a pretty big thing to commit to. Although it is basically a naked woman, so it's not that I mean, big of a thing to commit to at the I don't same time. Understand other other than putting clothes on her if they wanted to. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know what else they would have could have done to make her different. Well, but, she looks good. Yeah. But but what I what I mean is, is I do think this movie like does commit. Yeah. E- even though they make this annoying comment that will resonate throughout comic book movies for the next 25 years, which we'll get to. But I do think the movie does pretty much commit to let's present them pretty cool looking and exciting. But. It it could have gone farther, but mm-hmm. I think it might not have landed with audiences. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole, you know, that's the Spider Man thing too, like making the Green Goblin like a battle outfit. You know, that's not comic booky at all. But in what? In Spider Man, the new one, the old movie, making him making him look like that is like not at all how he looks in the comic. Oh books. really? I actually don't quite remember what he looks like in the Toby movies. It's like a battle outfit kind of a thing. It's like a Power Rangery kind okay, of outfit, okay, yeah. you know. So, and so, what does he look like in the comic? I mean, so have he, I never seen what he really looks like? I don't know. I mean, well, what about the helmet? No, no, that that's especially not how he what? looks. What he he looks like a goblin. Like it's like his face. Like oh. he looks. I mean, it's still a mask. And but that's the. I mean, that's the other thing about comic books. It's yeah. like, I mean, that's that's the thing they've struggled with with Spider Man for all the movies that they've made and they've talked about a lot where it's like, you know, if we make, if we do a practical costume, you can't see the, the actor's face or expression. So that's why in the new Spider-Man movies, it's like a digit, you know, the, the Spider-Man costume is made by Tony Stark and it's more digital so they can move the eyes and add expression to scenes. Because when you read a comic book, Spider-Man's eyes bounce around all the time and his mouth and all that stuff. Same with Deadpool. That's why they animated the Deadpool mask and stuff in the movie so that he would oh, have yeah, expression. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's um, how he looks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, the looks change and everything, but I, I just think, like, the the time that this movie comes out, they have to kind of, like, 
skirt the line but is I, all I'm trying to say. I think with some people, some characters, if they went all the way and went ham with it, we would just get another one of those 60s Batman movies. That's true. I, I'm not saying one approach is I know better you're than not. I know you're not, but yeah. I, I just think that that's what would happen. Yeah. And I, I think there have been some pretty laughable but, stuff that's that we've seen, even in the MCU. There is... There, there is a, a balance though yes. that I just still think is not quite achieved because of what the things that you're saying. Yeah. But in terms of, I, I think they can go a little bit campier. I think they shouldn't be as scared because the movies are already kind of campy. Um, I'm talking specifically Marvel. You, know? you think they could go campier? I think they could go campy. Are you kidding me? Daredevil looks awful. And I didn't love how he looked. Oh, you're talking visuals. I'm talking visuals. Oh, wait, because I feel like the humor and the stories are pretty great. No, 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 but they're already so quippy and sarcastic and hammy in that way that I think they can visually go a little bit farther with suits. Oh, absolutely. I agree. And I just don't think that they, I think they're too scared to do it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Yes. That I agree with you 100%. I mean, they couldn't even do that for Lightyear. No, no, they couldn't. Um, but but then at the same time, it's like Iron Man looks pretty cool in so, all the movies that he's in. You know, and Hulk looks cool in all the movies he's in, except for the... No, he's I mean, he technically cool. is the hammiest out of all of them. Yeah. Because he's a giant green man. How does how does that not look funny? Yeah. And, but, and, not, not, and then they went a step further and it's Mark Ruffalo's face, which obviously it would be. But you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, just, it's just so silly. But then at the same time, like, I feel like in the new Thor movie, I did like their costumes, but there was something, like, odd about them because they were pretty flamboyant and, like, bombastic costumes. There were a lot of things I had issues with that movie, though, in terms of they didn't go all the way with a lot of things. Yeah. That I think, I I wonder if they would have with other things that we wouldn't be, we wouldn't notice those things as much. You know what I mean? And it, and it could just be as simple as like, you know, I can think of a specific scene where you know, when he first sees Jane as Thor, yeah, and they both they both their costumes just looked odd to me, and it's it's probably as simple as like their costumes are usually CGI in these movies, mm-hmm. and it was just different to see an actual costume on a person, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is annoying that that's what's going through my head because there's so much CGI on what they wear, but. So Wolverine yeah. classically has yellow stripes on him, right? On his suit. Uh, a, a yellow X on his chest. Uh, well, that's the X-Men. Uh, that's what they wear. They they, they all, all wear the they same all wear the thing. X-Men, yeah. Oh. Yeah. I mean, there there's different variations of different costumes and different time periods. Yeah, but yeah. like the classic, if you're thinking the X-Men costume, you're thinking yellow with a uh, black X across I the chest. I thought that was just a him thing. No. Oh. No. Okay. Yeah, that's not him, bub. I'm saying bub because Wolverine <laughs> says bub all the time. Oh, does he in the comics? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cute. Bub. But yeah, he... Okay, going back to the cage fighting, though. Yeah. This guy pays to fight him. And, uh, you know, as as the viewer, you see him get this man get a pu- couple punches in. Mm-hmm. And it is a little like, where 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 is this Wolverine at in his story, you know? <laughs> yeah. But then he gets up and beats the man into submission immediately. And And you hear like... Ping, 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 as he's hitting him. Uh, because, of course, he has anti- adamantium Oh, I don't think bones. I noticed the noise. Oh, come on, Jordan. Sorry. And, uh, I learned a lot about Wolverine that I forgot about, <laughs> even yeah. though I had seen this movie. Well, I, I had forgotten how much... Because I remember as a kid, 
I all I had were Spider-Man comics. So when I saw a movie like this, I, I it was just like I want to know everything and but I don't know how to find it out. Sure. You know, like if I had access to like the Marvel Unlimited app when I was a kid, I, I don't know if I ever would have left my room because I probably <laughs> would have been like, I have to read every single comic mm-hmm. book. Like it would have been bad. Mm-hmm. Um But I just I forgot that like in this movie they really hit hard often like we don't know what happened to Wolverine we don't know how he's here and so when they announced that they were making an X-Men movie that was a prequel that showed how he became Wolverine me as a kid I was like oh my gosh my questions will be answered I'm dying to know about this Wolverine like what is his deal but the thing about that now is don't you think that because when we hear that something's going to be an origin story or like when when they were going to make new Spider-Man movies yeah and my first thought was, please don't make it an origin story. Yeah. I have seen it so many times, especially Spider-Man. Um, so many times being two, but two is too many. And I, I just really didn't want it. And they didn't do it. Yeah. Which was awesome. But I think part of that is because, well, one, I already knew what his origin was, I guess. Yeah. But also, like, let's say it's a character that I don't know what their origin is. I'm just still at a point, though, where I don't care where they came from. So I will, I will combat with you with several points. Number okay. one... You're not a sixth grade boy who wants to know everything. And and even even now, like, I don't have those kinds of questions as much about stuff. Usually I'm like, okay, this is this character. I get it. You know, it's like a Rocket and Guardians. Mm-hmm. I'd be happy if they want to explain it, but I don't need them to. I think they're going to explain it, But I do think they're going to. And I say unfortunately to. because it's going to make us cry. Yes, not because it'll be bad. It's going to be good. Yeah. So um, having said that, though, Gilmore, you got to stay away from this cord. I just edited an episode where he was running all over the place, but you're a good boy. So, speaking of, he's got a raccoon tail, so Rocket, he heard it, mm-hmm. and he he answered the call. Um, But what in the world was I saying? Oh, yes. Um, And then on top of that, this, you know, a Wolverine movie gets announced before we have, like, Origins No, that's what I mean. Up the Wasu. That, that's why I think it's great and necessary and good that they did it. Smart. Yeah. But today... It, it's like, just just like just tell make story. make a story, yeah. just make a new story, and we learn who the character is through the story that has nothing to do with how they got there. Yeah, that that I think it's just fatigue on that stuff. Yeah, and then the other thing that that movie suffers from is a thing called the writer's strike. <laughs> oh, okay, and that's why that movie sucks. So this is what I learned about Wolverine. Pretty pretty big important things I learned about him yeah, that yeah, I yeah. never knew. I never made the connection. His claws are not part of his mutant form. No. Okay, that was a big one for me. That was quite eye-opening. So really the only thing that is his mutant stuff is the regeneration. The healing factor, as we call it. The healing factor. Is he super strong? Uh, not not beyond like a normal Normal man. man. Okay, so just being able to heal himself, that's, that's his mutant factor. Yeah. Oh, yeah, just being able to heal himself. No, that's it. Micah, don't, don't misunderstand me. That's huge. But I just, it's always like, yeah, he's, I even as a as a kid and stuff, I mean, I know I didn't grow up watching these movies, so why would I know? But it's like, yeah, he has claws and he fights. Yeah. No, 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 Jordan, you got it all <laughs> wrong. Yeah. No, he, he uh, it's because he can heal. That's his big thing. That's his mute, mutation. Mm-hmm. But as we were watching it, I actually was kind of like, wait, what is his mutation? Because if it's just his bones, that's not a mutation. Yeah, they 
someone surgically put that in. Yeah, and I'm I'm sitting there and I'm like, it's got to be the healing factor. It's got to be. And then, of course, they explain it in the movie, and I was like, okay. I can't wait to learn so much more in Origins. Yeah, oh, yeah, we're gonna learn a lot more. I remember when they announced that movie. I don't know if I read like stuff on the internet or if I just thought that they were gonna do this in my head. Them announcing we're making X-Men Origins meant like, oh, we're going to get a Cyclops Origins, a Jean Grey Origins. Uh, <laughs> like in my head, I was like, they're going to make yeah. like 30 of these movies and I'll finally know everything about these characters. And here we are years later. Could uh, Imagine the kind of person I would be if I grew up like as a kid kid. Like, like let's say I'm second grade when Iron Man comes out. Mm-hmm. That would change the whole game for me. But I'm already crazy, so... Maybe it would have been even worse. Um, so then Wolverine, some guy's like, what are you, what are you doing? What are like, you, a wise guy? Yeah, and he pulls his claws, and then he slowly puts the middle one up to his neck's neck. and That looked practical to me. It did not look practical at okay. all to me, but. It probably wasn't then. Yeah, the anytime it was like sliding in and out. It, but it was like a close-up of his knuckle, and it just looked like. It just looked like they just did a quick little yeah. thing. I mean, maybe. It was funny, though, because you said that, and I was just like, just don't say anything, Micah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> but at the scene, Rogue is at the bar, too. Yeah. And um, she, you know, before the guy stabs Wolverine, she sa- she screams, you know, he's watch out. And then the bartender has a rifle um and threatens wolverine tells him to get out and then wolverine with his claws slashes the shotgun which i think we hear like pellets hitting the floor i think it's like it looked like gunpowder was coming out of it it was probably shotgun pellets yeah i know it was a shotgun i know (laughs) (laughs) and then you know right right off the bat you're like oh this guy's cool this guy's like my favorite character you know and and i stupid for liking all the other ones yeah you are stupid for that or I'm stupid? Yeah, you're stupid. <laughs> but, yeah, Hugh Jackman brings a lot to the role of Wolverine. I didn't know he was an unknown before this movie. Yeah. I mean, he really makes this character... He he does what, you know, Iron uh, what Robert Downey Jr. did to Iron Man, where I think Wolverine was a very popular character, but he brought kind of his own style to it. And now, I mean... I I doubt that we'll really I doubt that someone will ever really think like he's not Wolverine over whoever they put mm-hmm. in the MCU. But having but said that, we've have like he's five so Batman. Big. He's too big. Yeah, he's people don't big. like that. People don't like that. I think people got over that pretty quick once they saw it. But it's like the when when Tom Hardy was cast as Bane, comic book fans were like, Bane, but Bane's like six foot and Tom Hardy's like five five. I don't know what I'm gonna do. <laughs> And they're like, have you ever heard of, like, trick photography? Have you seen Lord of the Rings or anything? <laughs> have you ever seen a movie? <laughs> what are you talking about? They're actors. Anyway. You know, here's what's a funny story. Your, your Nona and your grandpa, mm-hmm. they really like um, to read, like, those, like, detective novels and, like, spy novels. It's not Jack Ryan. It's Jack Reacher. Jack Reacher. And but like those that mm-hmm. genre, you know the the James Pattersons and the the whatever that other guy is. Um, who am I thinking of? Um, um, he's kind of like uh, he's kind of like the other Stephen King. Well, there's Tom Clancy. Tom, there is Tom Clancy. Okay. Uh, James Patterson. 
David Baldacci. They, oh, they Preston love David Baldacci. Yeah. My dad, as my dad lovingly says, David Balducci every time he says his name. And then, yeah, there is another one I'm blanking on. What is his name? I got, I'm looking it up because I have to know. Okay. But so they, they really like those. And it's, it's very funny because, you know, Tom Cruise is into. Oh, well. What? Oh, hold on. Keep going. Tom Cruise is into Jack Reacher movies. Lee Child. So I. Okay. That's not who I was thinking of, but, um, that's okay. I was thinking of the guy who wrote like the Frankenstein book you would talk Dean about. Dean Coons. Dean Coons. My, oh, I've known a grandpa do not yeah, write they Dean don't, Coons. He doesn't write those types of books. No. So, but I'm glad I remember who it is now. <laughs> but anyway, so they like those and they saw at least one of the Jack Ryan movies. And of course, your family knows that I'm a Tom Cruise apologist. Mm-hmm. And so your dad, who likes to sow seeds of discord in a very fun way sometimes, um, he was like, he'll bring up Tom Cruise any chance he gets to around Nona because whatever happens, it doesn't matter how many times it's it's discussed, it's always like, oh, that Tom Cruise, he was too short to play Jack Reacher. Jack Reacher is six foot seven in the book. He's six four. All he carries around with him is a toothbrush, <laughs> and he keeps it. Uh, and under, he presses his he, clothes he, he under his the clothes mattress. Under the mattress, so it's pressed in the morning when he gets up because he's a drifter and he just goes from town to town and people call on him for help. And they always say that every and, time. That's the spiel you get. Yeah, and it's it, and then and then they'll say, you know, they had to dig a ditch for him to be as tall as his leading, like the lead woman in that movie. And I'm like. That, that, We've that been digging ditches funny. for Tom Cruise since he's not been in Hollywood. <laughs> that is funny, but also I don't know how that affects the quality of the movie. They've never said anything about the quality of the movie. I don't think they actually really like Jack Reacher either. Because I feel like well, so, the last book or something is... that came out, they like were not enjoying it. It's like, then why are you reading it? Here, here's what I love is I noticed that for some reason they were always just mentioning the toothbrush and the pressed clothes. Yeah. So that was their favorite. That, one that's time, what made them unique. <laughs> yeah. One time I mentioned, well, what do you like about these books? Because all you ever mentioned are the pressed clothes and the toothbrush. And I believe they both responded with like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, it's just great because he always goes to the motel and, you know, he does press his clothes onto the mattress because he's just a drifter. And that was their response to me trying to figure out what was interesting yeah. about Jack Reacher. I mean, I mean, th- those are kinds of books, though, that re- <laughs> they just get churned out so quickly all the time. I know. You know. So it is like, I really think that that's all there is to Jack Reacher. I know. And I've never read a book. And I'm not saying they're bad. I'm sure they're very exciting. Yeah, <laughs> it's so fun. Well, and I, I think what sometimes people who are fans of those books, and I, I include like a lot of people in those things, is is when it is a genre like that, like a detective genre or whatever, usually the filmmaker and actors aren't actually concerned with being accurate. Yeah. Because they, they see it as a vessel for a film franchise. They're ser- it, all the books are serialized. So when, yeah, so when Tom Cruise sees that, he's like, here's an action guy. I like these little bits about it. That would be fun. And we could probably make several movies out of this. And if it's a hit, we'll just keep making them. Yep. You know, I think now though, there's enough of a vocal audience that now, cause here's the other funny thing. I think it was last year. They came out with a Jack Reacher TV show. Jack Ryan. No, I, no, Jack oh, no, Reacher. You're right. They did. They did. And guess, yeah. guess what everyone said about they that. They got a tall guy. Everyone said that guy is so big. 
Yeah. Like I show and guess they got what? a guy that was at least six feet tall. I haven't heard anyone discuss the quality of the show. No. All they say is no. he's so big. I know. And I'm like, that doesn't mean anything to me. That's not gonna make me watch this Amazon original show as a guy as big. I know. If I don't watch a big guy, I'll watch WWE. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Good for the people though. I cuz okay, I work for a publishing company and uh-huh. this this was when that show was coming out and you know, because it's a in the book world uh-huh. and I, I hear a lot of presentations from other publishers and just a lot of meetings with those kinds of things and I just remember someone saying like, you know, you know, the show is coming out soon based on the, the Jack Reacher books blah blah <laughs> yeah, blah. Yeah. And someone mentioned that they got a guy that was big. Like that was like a, a selling point yeah. in someone's mind. But it it must, I mean, I guess that this conversation is making me realize we're the crazy ones. <laughs> we're crazy for thinking that film can confuse us about someone's height. We're the crazy ones. Yeah. I guess. Because apparently it worked. Because I remember even one of your cousins mentioned, yeah, the guy's so big in that show. So, <laughs> Gil- loud. Gilmore just had a little cough there. The kennel cough coming back to get you, huh? All right. So, Rogue sneaks into Wolverine's little trailer, and um, he uh, he like hears her while he's driving or something like that. Yeah, and then and then she's like hoping I can hitch a ride, hoping I can hitch a ride. Yeah, and then he tells her no, and then he has a change of heart and lets her in. Yeah. So. They're just drifting together. Um, he's he's very aloof, doesn't tell her much about himself. She does ask when the claws come out, does it hurt? And he says, every time. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. And then she, you kind of learn. I mean, we already know this, but like she can't touch because he, he's about to grab her hand to like put it closer to the heater and she like freaks out. I mean, I would freak out too, but. Yeah, no, a man I, I, who has uh, claws that come out of his hand wants to touch your hand. A yeah. man you don't know. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> but um, but yeah, she she freaks out, and yeah, it says that when she touches people, bad things happen, and then and then we find out his name's Logan. Oh, uh, Logan, what? Roy. That's what I thought of, but what's his real name? I don't think I know his last name. Oh, maybe he just said oh Logan. Paul. Okay, gosh. <laughs> So they're they're just chit chatting, having a good old time in the snow. And then she's like, "You or he- you should really wear a seatbelt." And then, not a second later, a tree falls down in front of them, and he is propelled through the windshield, and they get in a car accident. Yeah, and which a- is kind of a good way to show like he doesn't die because he oh, gets, he gets so. like flung. So. Yeah, and I do like the the aerial shot of him like sliding I into the it snow. Good. Yeah, it looked good. And um, they're attacked. Oh my gosh, by- it was so practical. Um, it was yeah. <laughs> But then, yeah, a fire gets is started in the back of his trailer. She is stuck in the um in the passenger truck. seat. It was one of those funny things though, where she she was stuck, and I I believe she was stuck. But at some point, she was like couldn't get her seatbelt undone, and all she was doing was pulling on it rather than clicking the button, which <laughs> I feel like is kind of a movie thing sometimes. Yeah, yeah. and I understand people panic, and there's yeah, a fire, but yeah. but it was just kind of <laughs> it's like. Just click the button. I think you'd be <laughs> fine. Um, but this big lion, Sabretooth man. Yes, Sabretooth. Comes out and starts terrorizing. I think was it was that? next door. Oh, it was next door. Yeah. Heard a sound. But um, he, he 
he's, uh, you know, oh my gosh, another mutant. And then what? Who else was with him? Oh, none other than Toad oh. himself. Then Toad was also with them. So they're fighting. Uh, well, Wolverine is still passed out. Yeah. And then before the bad guys can do anything, Storm and Octopus is what I wanted to say. <laughs> Cyclops show up. This is going to be a tough series for you, isn't it, Jordan? <laughs> this is going to be as tough as trying to get down the Star Wars titles. Um, What's this one called? X-Men. <laughs> you really did have to think, though. <laughs> I saw your eyes go back. <laughs> um, they they save the day. <laughs> I've always liked Storm. Storm's great. We can talk about Halle Berry now. Let's do it. Take it away. What do you want well, to talk about? It took me until like halfway through the movie to confirm that she was doing some kind of accent. And you said, yes, she, she tried doing an African accent. And that did not come across even a little bit. No. No, it's it's very bad. But yeah. but in the comics, Aurora is is African. Okay. I, I don't recall what country. Okay. Um. So. Uh. But but yeah, she is, and and yeah, in this movie, she's trying to do an accent. Guess what? I'll just blame it on Brian Singer. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, so then Wolverine gets he wakes up while he's getting like an IV put into him or something like that. And he attacks Jean Grey and like runs out and he's like escaping. He He's at the X mansion. Of as, course, as he's escaping, there's a voice in his head. Yeah, I know this is cool. Kind of telling him what to do or where to go. And is, if he's leaving, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, and then he ends up going into a classroom unbeknownst to him. Uh-huh. And it's professor Xavier teaching a class. And, and I might add, Hugh is really playing the caged animal look really well. Yeah. Which is part of the Wolverine thing. Yeah. And and adding that dynamic, oh man, very cool. He's yeah. confused, he doesn't know what to do, and he wants to lash out. Yeah. Pretty good. Um and so then they're like, Welcome to Mutant High. And there they are. So that's really what this is called. No, it's a it's a a Charles Xavier school oh, for, for gifted youngsters. youngsters. Yeah. And, and so that's really what it's called. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, the the Xavier Mansion. Tell me this is a comic book movie without telling me this is a comic book movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's something. That's something. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so what? So then he starts explaining how the school works or what their what their yeah. goal and their mission is. He gives it the the classic mission statement. He sure does. And what's I, the mission statement? I gotta stand up. Okay. I'm gonna stand up, so I'm just gonna lift this microphone. Well, th- so what they're doing, <laughs> this is going to be weird for you, but oh my I gosh. I didn't know that was an option for us. It's just my back is killing me, and I've never thought about doing this I until this moment. I would have done this, this so long ago. Do you want to stand up? Yes. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, all you got to do is just unscrew right down there, and then you got to just pull it up and then screw it back in. And then you're you're all set, and you're just like me, and we're standing. Look at this. We're putting on like a rock show now. Uh but yeah, so the school, what what they do is they find mutants by using the Cerebro, and then they are able to, like, train them. because Wait, what's a Cerebro? That's the machine he uses to find them. Oh, okay. Um, and so they can do that, uh, but to the public, it's like, it's just, this is a, you know, like a private school that you can go to. Yeah. So that's like their cover. Yeah. So that that's to answer your question. And basically, on their mission he statement. he's offering well well one he, because bad guys attacked them 
Xavier's is like, who are you? Why would they want you? You need to stay here for your protection. You can't leave. Which of course Wolverine's like, no, that doesn't work for me. When he thinks that that Magneto really wants Wolverine. Yeah. He's going to find out later that he actually wants Rogue. Spoilers. They've seen it. Meanwhile, though, Rogue has become a full-fledged student here. Yes. And she is kind of falling for this guy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know. That's kind of it for a while. Yeah. Truly. Then we see, I wrote Mystique to Un-Guy. I think what that is is then we go to To UN guy is what I wrote. Senator Kelly gets in a helicopter (laughs) and he's talking to this dude. Sometimes my notes are so indecipherable. (laughs) He's talking to this dude in the helicopter about how like we're going to get ours and we're going to get the humans and Uh the mutants and all this (laughs) stuff. And I just remember thinking when it it kept cutting back to this guy and it was like, why does he look so smug? (laughs) 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 It just looked, his expression was so so weird and then he turns into mystique and it was like oh they got me <laughs> uh, it's so funny when a mo- you're like why is this movie doing this dumb thing that i'm noticing and then you're like oh that was intentional yeah. oh, okay i'm the i'm the idiot yeah so senator kelly's been kidnapped by mystique and toad um and he is taken to uh magneto's island yeah and magneto basically is going to make an example out of him and he's invented this contraption that can turn people into mutants yeah. So he uses it on Senator Kelly, but we don't find out for a little bit what any kind of effect it has on him. Uh-huh. Um, but we can just cut to it because later he he like basically doesn't have bones in his body anymore. Yeah. And he escapes and he falls down a cliff but doesn't die. Right. Uh, uh, but what's cool, I, I do. I will say there's portion. I, it, there's a shot of him sticking his head through the bars uh-huh. And there's little moments in that shot that look horrible. And then there's moments that look kind of freaky and good. I thought so, too. Because um, some of it reminds me of Little Nightmares. Yeah, uh, me too. Yeah, it's... um. So so then he'll go to the beach because he, like, fell off this cliff and, and they thought he died. And then he's, like, turning into water. And, and he, well, then then he shows up at the at per, to Professor Xavier because who else can he turn to? Yeah, but before that, he walks on the beach, and it's this naked, weird-looking man, and Stan Lee is just staring at him, Yeah, I shocked. almost missed Stan Lee. And I I actually, it had been so long since I'd seen a movie that Stan Lee is in that I forgot that that he's in all of these. Yeah. So I was like, oh, yay! Yeah. I got excited again. Yeah. Um, And so then he comes back to the X-Mansion, and he explodes into water. Yep. With Aurora. Eventually, because the stuff that Magneto did to him is not, like, his body can't sustain it. Yeah. Um, before all of I, that, I, though. Oh, but but I will say, before we before we get back to what happened before this, it I it's hilarious just how in Magneto's lair, like, everything requires him to move metal in order to do it. So it's like metal chairs, a metal walkway that has to come up. Well, he's got to have the upper hand. I know, but it's just like, it's just like, do you really need a metal walkway? Do you really like everything is metal? Mm-hmm. It's funny. Before this, though, we do find out they start running some tests on Wolverine, and they find out that his entire skeleton has, has what adamantium? Of course, my dear, adamantium around it, which is like indestructible steel. No, it's adamantium bones. Okay. It's not around his bones. Oh, I bones. thought they put it like on top of his bones. No, but he's got adamantium whatever. bones. Whatever. So it, he's indestructible. Yeah. 
Um, and they, and they're just trying to speculate like when, when did, and he, oh yeah, he claims that he has no memory yeah. of what happened to him. Um, which really feels like we need a movie to explain that. Yeah. Um, what's funny though, is I think they explain most of it in the next movie actually. Oh really? Now that I'm remembering. Oh, and they do show a little bit of flashbacks in this movie. Yeah, I mean, very born a, born identity. Yeah. Era not enough flashbacks. to explain to, to oh, someone. Wait, born identity would come out after this. Interesting. Hmm, okay. I guess born didn't influence everything. Nope. So we gotta cover that series sometime. Yeah. But you keep pushing it I off. Know, I had it on the bored. calendar at one point. I'm just bored with it. Yeah. Whatever. Political thrillers are hard. Get out of here. Hard for me. Get out of here. What do you hate all the president's men? That is a different type of political yeah. thriller. Point and proven. I yeah, I would much prefer just having people sit in a room and talk the whole time than the other version. <laughs> oh brother, get out of here. Get out of here. Okay, I'll finish up gladly. the pod. <laughs> I'm done talking about this movie. So Wolverine's having, yeah, nightmares about flashbacks and stuff. And then Rogue comes into his room and she's like, Logan, wake up, wake up. And then he stabs her. And then after he stabs her, he wakes up and he's like, "Oh crap!" And then why was she in his room? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't remember. I understand that like he's having a nightmare. Isn't she like walking by and she hears him I, like going? They, oh. I mean, even if they establish it, it's just like I don't know. This looks bad. Well, this is directed by one of the biggest creeps to ever walk the face and of the earth. The, and we're in the year 2000. So, so he's like, oh, this is normal. Sending it away from my brain. <laughs> but yeah, he stabs her. Um, and she is dying, but she touches him and absorbs his absorbs healing factor. Some of his healing factor. Ah, so now so, we know what's going to happen. Not only does she harm people, but the, the reason why people are harmed when she touches them is because she's sucking the life out of them. Uh-huh. I think that's cool. Yeah, no, I it's a uh, it's, it's a, a, very just, interesting. It's interesting when the the superpowers are a curse, more of a curse than a blessing. Which we already mentioned in this episode, but yeah, that's the whole X-Men thing. That's yeah. the best X-Men of it. Yeah. Because um, even, you know, like Cyclops, like he has to wear this, you know, his quartz visor, his diamond quartz visor, oh, of course. Um, Does all it look the time. that dumb in the comics? No, it looks awesome in the comics. Does it looks so better cool. than the movie? Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I, and it I, just looks very dated in the movie. Yeah, I think I think that's it. Because I, I think even in the newer movies when, you know, who plays Cyclops in the newer movies? Um... Is it Nicholas Holt? No, he plays Beast, of course. Hey, gosh. <laughs> I don't know if I know who plays Cyclops. No, it's, um, I am blanking on his name, actually. It's a kid from Mud, Tyler. Tyler Sheridan? Tyler, Ty, Ty Sheridan. Sheridan. Ty Sheridan, yeah. Hmm. Plays Cyclops. Whatever. Yeah. And uh, anytime I hear an actor is in a Marvel or an X-Men thing, it's like, well, they sold their soul. Oh, come on. That's how it feels. Sometimes. Come on. I would be in one of those movies. Do you think yeah. I sold my soul? Yeah. I think you've already sold it, though. Yeah. By how many comics do you read? Does yeah. it sound like we're bored talking about this movie? I'm not bored. Okay. I'm just standing, and I'm trying to recover. I've been having a lot of back and neck issues the last week or so. Save it for your therapist. I don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah. So that happens, and then Miss, uh, Miss uh, Southern southern charm herself goes out and she talks to she talks to a friend her, her new boyfriend and her boyfriend's like you should get out of here they're saying that you are a menace a menace to society and you need to get on out of here and she cries and she goes away 
And as she goes away, we see that her boyfriend has yellow eyes. And who has yellow eyes? Mystique, of course. (laughs) There's been a murder, and you are a suspect. Uh... Yeah. So she runs away and they need to go looking for her. But Professor X like, no, Wolverine, you can't because you're wanted. And then he goes anyway and finds her on a train. She's getting the heck out of Dodge. And they have a sweet moment. And then, of course, Toad shows up. We're not. We're talking about their sweet moment right now. Oh, you're right. You're right. Have a sweet moment where he basically is like, obviously has a has a fatherly presence for her. Yeah. Um, that I think he he fulfills the role without knowing that he needs to, you know, and yeah. she, and she accepts the role knowing that she probably needs a parent figure, and but he's like, you know, I'm not gonna make you do anything you don't want to, but it sounds like these people really do want to help us, uh-huh. so why don't we just give him one more chance? And if anything bad happens, we'll get out. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, but then Magneto shows up. I thought and it was he, Toad. Well. Yeah, Toad shows up, but we'll get back to him. We're saving the best for last. And Magneto goes into the train. It did look like they practically broke open the train. Yeah, it looked when good. When he broke it open, it looked really good. And he, is, of course, is able to control Wolverine because he's made of metal. Yep. Adamantium, my dear boy. Yep. And he pushes him back, and he's kind of like, I think Wolverine says something like, take me, leave the girl. And he's like, I was never here for you, which is fun. Mm-hmm. And then he takes Rogue. Mm-hmm. And he goes, and then they're fighting Toad and Sabretooth, Cyberclops and and (laughs) Cyclops and And Storm. Storm. Oh, it was cool. I almost called her Weather. (laughs) (laughs) So Sabretooth um, gets gets her, and you know he he says this, you know, just such a cheesy thing, like I want to hear you scream. Yeah. And then, cool thing though is it shows his hair becomes really staticky. Yeah, yeah. And she summons a storm, and fights him um but then later in the movie remember he like gets back with her and they're fighting and he's like i still want that scream oh (laughs) i think i had forgotten he said it the first time like classic comic book one-liners you know what are awful you know what remember how we said joss whedon had two lines that made the cut his lines i bet those are the two lines yeah probably yeah hey joss whedon did do some good work but it is kind of sometimes I think when when someone we find what out what has he done Avengers okay um I, I think sometimes when we find out that someone is like terrible you look back on on their work and and you're like oh this is all terrible like like when we were hearing a lot of weird things on the set of Don't Worry Darling I was seeing a bunch of people talking about like. Oh yeah, Booksmart's like a total wreck. It's a terrible movie. It's not well directed and stuff. And I'm like. Okay, it's fun. It's that movie's still a good movie. Yeah, I haven't seen Don't Worry, Darling yet, but it's still like, you know, we we should be fair. But I do think Joss Whedon, like, he is one of those things where I did like some of his stuff. I mean, I guess I'd only seen the Marvel stuff, but now when I look back on things that he did, it's always like, oh great, here we go with Joss Whedon again. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, and it's okay to do that because he stinks. <laughs> uh, but then there's a pretty cool sequence where there are all these police at the train station and they're pointing their guns at Magneto who has rogue. Um, oh yeah. But then there's a Charles standoff. Xavier 
has controlled the mind of Sabretooth, who is now holding Magneto and trying to kill him. Well, he's not trying to kill him. Or like he's holding, just holding him. him by the neck. Yeah, and then and then uh, Magneto causes all the the cops' guns to point at them, and then um, then at one point, like he even fires a gun at a cop, and then Gene stops the bullet and is just holding it. And so it's this tent. It what's fun, and I do think the movies do this really well. Is Xavier like his power is not something that you you see him actually using it mm-hmm. and i think they do a good job of making it tense without him actually having to like point his finger that's or what do i want something man like remember that. i just said that the other day i don't know you if did. i said it on the podcast or i think he, of i'm it. pretty sure you did say it on he might have said it on our black panther episode on this episode no i don't think you did oh okay <laughs> but it's a pretty decent scene like uh, i i yeah this is a good movie it's a good movie. There's there's good scenes in it, um, and and yeah, that, I mean that's great. And then eventually, you know, Magneto's like, if you want this to not happen, you have to kill me or let me go. Or do you have the cones to kill me or not? And he doesn't because he doesn't, he doesn't believe have in the that. cones. Yeah, he don't have the balls to do it. <laughs> and then they have to regroup. Of course, and now it's like we're gearing up for um, the end of the movie. Let's make this fight last fight patriotic, boys. We're <laughs> going to the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, because there's some kind of UN summit happening at Ellis Island. Yeah, and that's where Magneto is going to do his thing, where he's going to um, give some of his powers to Rogue, so that she can do all of what he the infecting everybody, and she she dies for it. Like she'll it'll kill her. Yeah. Um, so we have Storm, Cyclops, Wolverine, and Jean Grey go to the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. Meanwhile, Xavier has been incapacitated because of Mystique and all that jazz. Oh, but yeah. But yeah, we, can, we can skip over it. But, but oh, this so is... on our way there, I have to point okay. out, I think this has resonated and kind of ruined costumes. Uh, this is what I'm going to theorize. I think that this line ruined costumes in oh, comic he, book movies. Oh, he badmouths the costume. He does, which I think at the time was a cute thing to do, but I do think it has ruined costumes in movies from here on out because Wolverine is like, you go out on this, or he's looking at his costume, which is kind of a leathery you know, thing with an X on it, and he's like, you guys go out with these things? And he goes, what did you expect, yellow spandex? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like wink, wink, wink. Mm-hmm. And I think for the time, appropriate, whatever, but it does stink because I think everyone a lot of people have taken that approach when they make these movies. I mean, even something like the Riddler again, I love the Batman movie. He it's great. Put one question mark on his darn body. But I don't, <laughs> I don't think the design of Riddler is good. I think it's a bad design for a, that character. It, it does work in the thing. Actually. Well, I mean, it, I don't know. It works in the super gritty, realistic world that Matt Reeves created. But it's weird because, like, Batman looks like Batman, and he looks mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Catwoman doesn't really look like Catwoman, but neither yeah, well, does her, she. Her in... ears are only when she puts her her glasses up on top of her head. So technically, she doesn't even have cat ears. Yeah, which they did in Dark Knight Rises, They did that, too. They did that in Dark Knight Rises, um, too. But, but that's because in Batman, we are stuck in ultra-realism. Yeah. We're stuck. So, so no one, I mean, like, we should probably be thankful that Heath Ledger looked the way he did. 
And even he was yeah. not the, cl- yeah. the classic looking Joker, which at the time was so exciting that he yeah. wasn't. Yeah. But, um, you know, and, and again, I, I am not bashing that movie. I like that. I went, I saw it twice in theaters. I think it's a great Batman movie. One of my faves, but, but it is like, I, I do, I do think it's okay to make these characters look crazy, especially when they are characters that are but, crazy. But not because because we all know and love that the little clip we got of the Joker in that movie, because we are oh my gosh we have like Stockholm syndrome with him that <laughs> <laughs> that when they when they showed Barry Keoghan, it's like you that 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 is several steps too far. On yeah. what this guy looks like. Yeah. That looks so bad. Well, and it's also weird to have, like, the Joker look like that, but then the Riddler just kind of wearing, like, a poncho and duct tape. Like, what? <laughs> it's a weird yeah. decision. Yeah. Then um, you know, even Penguin, he just looks like a gangster. He doesn't even have, like, an umbrella He's or anything. He's got a little bit of a hook nose for a beak. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that one, I, I think, though, he'll be in all the movies, and I could see him but kind of degenerating into does- that. So, you know, in the, the Tim Burton Batman with Penguin. Yeah. Does the comic Penguin look that zany? Uh, well, I think it does come to They're runs. Probably iterations. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, like, yeah. remember when we watched the uh, the Batman movie, the 1960 yeah. movie? It's like, uh, uh, what's his name? Burgess Meredith. Uh, he he looks zany and, and kooky and wild. And Danny DeVito does as well. And... And what I've seen of comics and and even the video game, he looks wild. He does in the video game too. Yeah, he he looks a little more tame, but he's still kind of wacky and has a monocle. And yeah, they should have at least given he he Colin does Carroll's monocle. Matt, we do need a monocle on Penguin. Yeah, but here's what's funny: I spent twenty minutes ago I was talking about comic book fans and making fun of them, and now here I am I doing that thing. Yeah, but you know, I don't know. I don't know. It's all cool. I mean, it's fun to talk about. <laughs> so then uh, they go to the Statue of Liberty. Then we get big fight. the other worst one-liner in the movie when um, Storm is fighting Toad. I'm skipping ahead. Yeah. Storm is fighting Toad, and he is, like, hanging off of a rail. And she's like, do you know what happens to Toads when they're electrocuted? And then dramatic pause. She electrocutes him, and, and he goes flying into the water. And she says just like everything else that gets electrocuted. She says the same thing that happens to everything the same else thing that happens to everything that gets struck else. by lightning. Huh? That's huh? your, maybe that was Joss Whedon's line. <laughs> yeah, I think so. That's so bad. It Cause really I, bad. I thought to myself, what was the zinger I thought of right off the bat without even thinking? Now I can't remember. I can't either, but it was better. Yeah. It's been a couple days since like they get it. fried or do they get like, no, it wasn't that. It it was it was like a pun on frogs. Yeah, you know, I I don't remember they what it was. They say ribbit or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> or they croak. Yeah, that's that yeah. was what it was. You know what happens to to frogs when they get electrocuted? They croak. Yeah, which is bad. That's bad, but it's better. But at least it's something. Not yeah. not what happens to everything else. Yeah, that's so Woof. dumb. But and it's not like he said something like earlier where he said like. I'm a frog. Frogs that don't get scared of lightning. Then maybe it would make sense. 
<laughs> they just I fight for a while, and he sticks his gross tongue at her after spitting like mucus goop at Jean Grey. Yeah, but then we go to Sabretooth and Wolverine are fighting on top of the Statue of Liberty, and there's this one part when Wolverine with his claws <laughs> yeah. swings around the crown or uh, part yeah. of the crown. The and Netflix is the crown. Yeah, that exactly. And it just really <laughs> feels like in 2000, this kind of looks like a money shot. Oh, yeah. But dang, that looks so bad today. But in like an endearing way. Yeah. But they're fighting and then Magneto shows up and subdues all of them, wraps them all in metal so they yeah. can't get out. Um, so, but they get out. Like Wolverine escapes by stabbing himself, which yeah. is cool. Yeah. Um, and, and then they have to stop this machine. Yeah. And at first I was like, I did not understand how they were trying to stop it because Cyclops is sitting there and he's like, I can't take the shot. I can't take the shot. I can't take the shot. And Wolverine's just like flying up with Storm. <laughs> and I, I was just oh, yeah. like, how was he flying again? Storm was uh, pulling him up, I think. Oh, no, Gene Gray was. Gray was, was yeah. yeah. With Storm, I think he was like, I don't care. Doing a cold front in a jersey or something. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And uh, so there's this metal thing that's whipping around and he. <laughs> This is so. This is just kind of bad <laughs> to me. It's a. It's it's a good for two thousand, but man, this oh, movie was boring. The, the, no, the f- climax of this movie is pretty pretty boring. It's and so they they stop the machine. He almost dies, and then, or is it Rogue? Rogue dies, and then he you know he's touching her. Yeah, he, to yeah. try and like give her some Which of his power. Which I like that. That was fine. And Christopher McQuarrie, you're welcome on the pod anytime. Whatever. This movie is 22, 23 years old. Yeah. So whatever. Uh, and then, and then, you know, it wraps up and it's fine. Yeah. Uh, I do like though, I do like, you know, he goes to, uh, Magneto who's in prison and he play, and we find out that he like plays chess with him and talks with him often. And I, I, anytime a villain and the hero play chess together it's just like mental gymnastics mental gymnastics but also the um xavier's reason for doing it is just to try and inspire hope in him yeah which is also i like that and it has a great payoff at the end of this trilogy i don't know if you remember no i don't but you think play giant chess (laughs) well you you think that uh magneto has lost his power and because i think he's like yeah he's lost his power and then the last shot of the movie they're playing chess and Xavier gets up and leaves, and then a metal piece like wobbles or in something this movie like or that. In the third movie. In the third movie. Spoiler. Yeah, you've seen it though, uh, or maybe you haven't. But I think I have. It's just kind of cool. Yeah, I kind of like that. Yeah. But we did it. Did we? Boy. Did we? Did we do it? Pretty much. Pretty much. I I think this is a good movie. It's it's dated, but but it it does hold up better than some movies of this ilk. As, as one would say. Yeah. Um, so if you like this podcast, if you find it enjoyable, number one thing you do, you tell your friends to listen to it. Number two thing you do, you rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Number three thing you do, you guessed it. You go to patreon.com slash Micah McCaw. Link in the show notes and you sign up for as little as $3 to get a bonus episode this month. And Jordan, it's the month of January, so what episode are they getting on their bonus? The new Avatar movie. Oh, yeah. And guess what, folks? Jordan hasn't seen it yet, but I've seen it. And how many, how many, how many Momo likes that movie? (laughs) And I was probably just, I was planning on only seeing it once, potential for twice. I am definitely seeing it at least one more time. Oh, good. I don't have to go alone. Yeah, I, I would probably see it at three times before it leaves. 
Wow. I think I think there's potential for that to happen. So is it going to be like last the with the first movie where people are just going to keep going and going? I and going? I think by the time this episode comes out, this movie will have made so much money it'll be obscene. Yeah. I I think I don't know if it can get as high as Avatar one, but I'm not ruling it out. Oh, I, they're gonna try. I am not ruling out that this potentially might be the highest grossing movie of all time. Okay. It it is truly special, and if you haven't seen it yet. You must see this movie. And you do have to go see it in 3D. Jordan wasn't going to go in 3D, and I think I might force her to go in 3D okay. now. Because I I, it, I don't think it makes you sick because he's so good at it. Yeah. You well, know? we'll find out. Yeah. It's, it's awesome, man, those whales. That's all I'm going to say. All right. We love you guys. Peace out, Girl Scout. And to all you Boy Scouts out there, keep on. Ha, <laughs> ha,